Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. It is another week has come and we know how we start this out. You might be feeling like this is the quickest week and you are just excited just to be here because it is Friday. You may have a week like mine, which I have been discovering after I listened back to some of the podcasts from weeks before. I have been having the longest week almost every week. So happy Friday. We have made it. No matter how short, how long, or anything in between, we have made it. We are here. It is Friday. That is a reason to celebrate. There is a lot of things for us to discuss today in today's podcast. So much to discuss. We're going to talk about friendships. We're going to talk about the change of when you realize you need a little bit more. And how the guilt trip of asking for more or realizing you need more or realizing that you've changed and how people will guilt trip you into like being the same person that you once was before. I just believe that as you get older, as you mature, as you grow, your needs change. It really does. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how the needs change. And, you know, people put little guilt trips on you because, of course, you know, people cannot people don't want to change. So as you change, you will naturally have a natural progression where you move either to or away from people. And the ones that you normally move away from, they're usually not at the same level at the same time where you are. So now it becomes a challenge, right? So what happens is sometimes you get that, you know, when you're moving a different way, you have, you know, then the people you were once aligned with, they start clustering together and having conversations about well, you know, she's acting bougie, you know, bougie, especially as a black woman for myself who have always had to defend. And I'm talking about from a little girl having to defend the fact that I could, you know, articulate very well or, you know, it was always the, you know, I'm talking white. You know, this has been my I won't call it a plate, but I'll say it's been a challenge for me since I was a child. And so for somebody to call me bougie at almost 40, if that was how you interpreted my change for the needs that fit my life, now that I've evolved into whatever it is that I'm evolving into, I'm okay with that. Now, Megan, the the stallion is going around saying that she's bougie or, you know what I mean? And all the other things. And everybody's like, yes, bougie, classy. Everybody's good with it now. But God forbid you try to get some standards or grow. And and you know what? Sometimes not even just getting standards because sometimes it's not about the person that you left that they didn't have standards. You're just standards change. You can evolve and it's okay. So we got to get our mindset out of apologizing because we've changed. And sometimes you don't even have to be argumentative when you leave. Sometimes you just be ready to go and you just allow natural progression of leaving and ending 
either friendships, relationships, or whatever the case may be, you can leave and walk away classy. You can let things dead on their own. Let me tell you something about this pandemic. It is pushing strains on relationships as is. So I just need you to understand we can't keep apologizing because we change and we evolve. We're going to get a little bit into that a little later because that's going to be the meat and the potatoes of our conversation. But let's talk about some other things first. First of all, it is Halloween weekend. Um, What does it even look like? Like seriously, what does that even begin to look like? When I think about Halloween's of the past, um, first of all, let's go back to my childhood. I wasn't allowed to celebrate Halloween. So I remember in my earlier stages, like maybe four, five, six, I was dressing up, you know, wearing costumes and things. And then as I got to about 10, which would evolve with the fact of my parents coming into the church that they were attending at the time, all of those fun things just pretty much stopped. And I know somebody's gonna be like, well, don't say it like that. It was exactly like that. There's no other way to sugarcoat that. As my parents got involved in the church that they were involved and the church was about the no, 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 no pants, no makeup, no this, no that, no. And if you ask something else, it's going to be a no to that too. So everything was a no. Life had changed. We weren't able to celebrate Halloween. You know, that was the devil's holiday. And I have talked about this before in the blog about how I struggled with as I became a parent, what I should do. Should I celebrate it? Should I allow my kids to celebrate it? What does it mean to me? Things of that sort. So I have obviously decided if you follow me any amount of years, I have decided to um, to go ahead and, and to celebrate it. And by celebrating, I mean, the the fact of dressing up, we can get into the whole spiritual thing. Listen, I'm a PK, which is a preacher's kid. I could break it all the way down. Um, I choose to do whatever I choose to do. And I allow my kids to do what they're going to do. And for the first three years of becoming a parent, it meant dressing up at daycare and coming home and having pizza or decorating cookies and watching Charlie Brown's um, pumpkin. That's what that meant for me. And so now that the kids have gotten a little older, I think we have gone out trick-or-treating two times and my oldest is 11. So yeah, two times. Any other times we have, like I said, we've either gone to um, somebody's had like a little kitty party or, you know, at one point my kids were too small or at some points like my kids, they have asthma. So their asthma flares and we're like, nah. So now that we have coronavirus, it's going to be a double nah. So we are going to take them to the zoo which would be tomorrow for boo at the zoo because we're allowed you can social distance you're outside it's a little bit more safer for my sanity and I've already gone to the zoo now two times prior since the pandemic has you know started you know detoured a lot of things so you know now I'm at this you know we can go to the zoo we'll have our costumes and we're good if we do nothing else I will make sure they have candy I will make sure they have fun I will make sure we watch our little movies and we're going to be okay And I think I'm grateful for us having those moments where we did and sometimes we didn't because now they're not exactly, I mean, they're kids. I'm sure they're bummed out. They want to go and get, you know, bags and bags of candy, but you just can't really, for me personally, this is just me. I personally just don't want to chance that at all. I don't want to go from house to house getting candy in the middle of a pandemic. 
in the middle of how people act anyway when it's not a pandemic, which is how people try to lace candy with things anyway. I think that was like my biggest thing before I even started going. I was like, nah, we don't want them kids to die over some candy. Like I'll just buy some bags. You know what I mean? So we've had balance with it because we've experienced it on both different ends. So I think we'll be okay. My kids was just excited to get their costume. Are we still going to dress up? Yes, we were still going to dress up. I have two costumes. And if you follow me on Instagram at toy time blog, you will see both costumes between today and tomorrow. So I would say, like I've always said, I've been very, very clear about whatever works best for you and your family. I'm going to do what is best for me and my family. And that is to curtail any type of too much of a gathering with our children. It's going to be here in Philadelphia. It's going to be raining all day anyway. So I'm not interested in making this a big ordeal. And so that's what it is going to be. Hopefully next year we can see something and have more options. And then we'll go from there. Another thing that's going to be happening this weekend that we need to talk about is daylight savings time. I think that's correct. Daylight saving time is on technically 2 a.m. is when you're supposed to technically turn your clocks back. Personally, I turn my clocks back whenever I go to bed. And because I have an iPhone, I just know that my phone will adjust. Now, I probably should not be so dependent upon the fact that my phone will adjust because that could be the time where it doesn't. But if I'm going to keep it real... I have not necessarily changed any of things outside of like might be my if I had like a clock or something right next to my bed that was it I would switch it over before I went to sleep but outside of that yeah we're going to get an extra hour of sleep I always have to remember it by saying we hibernate like the bears hibernate in the winter so I'm like if they're hibernating we're going to get an extra hour however to a parent that means absolutely nothing my kids are still going to be up wanting to know where their breakfast is. My son in particular is the early riser. He is like myself. And as much as I like to get up in the morning, when something about Saturday and Sunday just, you know, makes me want to just get my behind and stay in the bed just a little longer, but not my son. So he will be up at the crack of Jesus, as I say every time. And he'll be up ready for breakfast, ready to see what you're doing. Thankfully, they are at the age where they can get that the, the bowl of cereal and stuff until I decide to come down because it's been my own personal thing to make my kids a big breakfast on Saturdays and Sundays only because when life was open, even if I had an event to be at, which would some, sometimes happen on Saturdays and Sundays, I just got up earlier. It's just been our way to connect as a family. And that's been my thing. And so every Saturday and Sunday, unless something is like completely going crazy and we have something to do, I cook full breakfasts on Saturdays and Sundays. So we were supposed to get an extra hour for parents. I don't know what that's going to look like, but that's what it's supposed to be. Along with that extra hour means that we're going to have shorter daylight hours. So if you deal with seasonal depression, you may have started to see like little instances but when daylight savings come you may see it spike a little bit more another thing that's happening is you know it's getting a little colder we finally are having like our first brush of truly fall weather for us to get this far into October and we're just starting to touch the surface of what cold you know putting the blanket on and having to turn your heat on for five seconds we are at that point and when it gets colder you know, you feel a little bit less more, you feel more restricted. And so 
those are things that contribute to seasonal depression. So if you are that type of person, please do all that you can to eliminate and or deal with it. My suggestion would be to go outside for a few minutes. I open my blinds often. I do that all year round, but I definitely are very particular about opening my blinds in the fall and in the wintertime, because even if it's snowing outside, even if it's raining outside, there's still a sense of, of light that comes even on the most gloomiest of days, there's still just a little natural light. Um, another thing is I journal a lot and I've said this plenty of times, but it may be important for you to just keep a journal or if you have like an iPhone or, you know, maybe your Android has the same thing. No disrespect. I'm just team iPhone. You may have like the notes where you can just kind of write your feelings out. I do that quite often because I just don't need to be overwhelmed. I probably work out run more than any time of year in the winter. I know it sounds weird, but it is the one thing that keeps my mind clear. Working out exercise movement for me helps uh, music, music therapy, listening to certain music, stuff that's more calming, stuff that's going to music that's going to make you feel good. Things that have great positive messages, uh, even classical message music or even jazz has been my go-to again podcast podcast is one of those other th- you know other little cl- tricks that I use and I used to listen to them I used and I listen to them I say used to I still do but listening to them while I'm on the go and that could be in the house on the go because it's very calming I've had times when I've had major deadlines and just putting on a podcast has really been soothing even if I felt like I'm not fully hearing what they're saying knowing that it's in the background depending on the subject is very expensive helpful to me so whatever you have to do to adjust yourself take care of yourself contact your therapist meditate yoga increase activity like I said I probably in my more my most snatched level is probably in the fall and winter I maintain my weight dramatically because of the simple fact that one I'm going to indulge because it's you know Thanksgiving is here and we now we got Halloween and Christmas is around the corner New Year's is around the corner because I know I'm going to want to drink, you know, more bottles, you know, and I'll say bottles of wine because that is what it is. Or I want to have different snacks. I work out a lot, a lot harder because I'm not going to stop doing those things. I know you're, a lot of it when you're losing weight, it's about what you eat. And that's the bigger part of losing weight. But because I'm more maintaining, I focus more on the fact that I know what my eating habits are going to be. And so I adjust myself and body around that. And I cut out a lot of different calories on certain areas in certain places. So that's just my little tidbit. You can choose to do whatever you need to do, but be mindful. Don't go into this season blind as if you know that you have seasonal depression, but you're not trying to take care of yourself because you're just so tired of having to do that. That is one of the most frustrating things you could do is get frustrated by the fact that you know you have to take care of yourself. You are going to be taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally for a long time. In order for you to be at your best, you're going to have to do what's best for you, even when it seems frustrating. So that's my little five minute TED talk with the daylight savings. Take care of yourself. Get help early. Have one friend or a multiple amount of friends that you can call that you trust, that you can genuinely have a conversation about seasonal depression without judgment. Because we're going to talk about some of this friendship and just different things and how things move. But Be sure that you can trust the person that you're talking to. 
So I do want to talk really, really quick before I get into the topic of at hand. I wanted to discuss this topic that I saw this meme of people saying that they don't wash their sheets, but once a year. Now, I'm a little bit more compulsive. I have very big OCD compulsive behavior. And I'm very clear about that. I understand it. I see it. I recognize it. I acknowledge it. Even here on the podcast, I acknowledge it. So for me, I can't wrap my brain around needing to wash your sheets only one time a year. Like for any reason, not for children, not for adults, not even my cats, like his stuff gets clean. So it's a little mind boggling to understand who are these adults that are sleeping on their sheets every single night? Washing once a year? What in the actual world are you doing outside of that time? Like, first of all, you should be showering before you get in your sheets, right? You know, we have those late nights. I've had plenty of those late nights where I've fallen asleep on the couch. I have to peel myself up and now I have to get in my bed. Okay, so let's not act like that doesn't happen. However, why you're not washing your sheets once or two times a week is beyond me. And for one whole year, you got in your bed. Like even if you wash two times a day and got in your bed like that for one year, you still gonna have stuff in your bed. Even if you didn't have children, even if you didn't have a spouse and it was just you and Jesus, you still gonna have stuff in your bed. I just don't get the concept of washing your stuff once a year. Now, I do my very best and I mean dip my baby toe and to be the most non-judgmental person. But there's a level of trifling and foolishness that gets attached to to memes when people are like, yeah, girl, you you want to wash your stuff but once a year? And I'm like, no, sis, we wash our sheets quite often around here. What is you doing? Because then I have to think, if you're not washing your sheets, that which lays up against your skin... Like when you think about your sheets, I'm thinking pillowcases, blankets, comforters. You obviously can't be having sex. Let's keep it a buck. You can't be having sex because if we have sex, you have to take the sheets off. You have to wash the sheets. You have to spray things. You have to get things fresh. You have to get it clean. Like who's raising people like this? That's just not washing sheets. So the thought process, the mental block that I'm trying to put into my life to not see grungy sheets is not helping me because even if the sheets was colored and they weren't white, even if they were white, it's like, listen, no matter how clean you are, your sheets are absorbing your sweat, your dirt, your everything. So it's just, listen, I need somebody to get a hold if you have that friend that you know that doesn't wash their sheets once a year I need you to get them a gift card to CVS I need you to get them a care package and send them some Tide laundry detergent or their their choice they can do the non you know we don't do fragrances we don't do hey I don't care if you have and it was made out of dust if that dust could somehow clean them sheets more than once a year I need you to sprinkle all the dust onto those sheets and get them sheets clean that's what I need you to do straight up from the gate. Because when I saw this, I said to myself, my God, who in the hell is doing this type of stuff where we just don't wash our sheets once a year? It's very interesting to me. But yes, I do believe that we as a people have to wash our sheets. 
more than once a year, more than twice a year, quite often, very often. I just couldn't even imagine laying in my own foolishness for a year. So God bless those, you know, those interesting people. I, I want to say funky, nasty people, but you know, again, I'm trying to dip my baby toe and not have to be judgmental, but you know, there's a level of clean and there's this level of shenanigans and foolishness. And that's right at the high five of shenanigans. Nothing about that says clean to me. Nothing about that. I don't know if that's religious. Like what religion would that be? I don't know what religious beliefs would have you to not wash your seats once a year. I'm just going to say that my level of ignorance, if there is a religion that is that says you can only wash your sheets once a year. Let me just say right now that my level of ignorance is very much on on deck, very much on top. And somebody can teach me. However, please don't try to recruit me because me and that type of religion just cannot personally dwell. And I'm for everybody doing what they choose right I'm all for everybody making choices for who they choose whatever name you want to put on it that's you just don't recruit me I'll make a horrible member I will rebel I will be the most rebellious member you ever had because that's just not my stick that's not my lane so for the rest of us that's washing our behinds and washing our sheets may the good tide gain and whoever else you put into your stuff be with you. May the coupons always flow into your life. May everything that you need, the coins line up so that you can get what you need so you can wash your funky sheets. That was my five seconds. Another TED Talk. I just need everybody to get it together. I just cannot, cannot. Today's topic. We are talking about the flow of change. Not the change in your pocketbook, not the change in the washing machine because you didn't, you know, empty the pockets of your clothes. We are talking about growth. Now, Kiki Palmer, and I'm only going to touch this for two seconds. Now, Kiki Palmer had tweeted out this week that everybody should, you know, and I don't think she said everybody, but, you know, she said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you need to forgive your parents. Now, I know that there's lots of people, including myself, who has had moments where you have to find ways to forgive your parents, you forgive your friends, to forgive a lot of people. That particular situation set off a whole storm because there's so many people who are not healed from whatever drama that they may have occurred at their home. And let me just say this really, really quick, because I know some old school people are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, it wasn't driving when you was there. I did the best that I could. I did the, 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 listen, as we grow, as we learn, as we mature, as we have this growth that we're going to talk about now, you do realize that a lot of things that you have done, said, or were just does not align with how people move, think, or feel as of right now. And as much as I take my own children to therapy to make sure that they're okay and as much as I do my best to be the best that I possibly can they are going to grow up and tell me the same thing that something that I said something that I did that they did not like I'm trying to minimize those conversations I case may be I think that's beautiful I just think that there are going to be so many other people who do not share that same sentiment who are struggling day by day year by year and as they grow and mature they do have to get to a point where they do forgive but to do your needs have changed. 
How do you matriculate through the relationships? When I was younger, friendships meant loyalty. Friendships meant fun. Friendships meant accountability. Friendships meant the fact that you had a core common ground. But as you grow older, you can still determine that your common ground, although the surface of it may have not changed, there are the ways by which you receive and give love that has changed. And so what do you do when that when those, those situations turn? I think you have to be honest with yourself. And sometimes, again, I've said this at the very beginning, you don't always have to make a big fuss. You don't always have to holler. You don't always have to scream. You don't always have to have these big situations. You could legit be in a situation where you feel like you just have outgrown that other person and you can walk away clean allowing nature to take its perfect and perfect work if there's already distance you can allow distance to continue you could be bold and have conversations it just depends not everything is going to work itself out some things could truly just fizzle and it just be an understanding and you can heal whatever part of that relationship that needs to be healed on your own and walk in healing and then there are times when you have to confront whatever the situation may have been surrounding that and you may have to deal with it but it's nothing for you to apologize when you realize that you just need a little bit more if the person no longer feeds your soul if they don't when you think about their name and it doesn't bring you happiness and you're just like oh like I think about this I've listened to conversations with other people right and people have listened to conversations with me the very things that you speak about all the time lets you know where your heart is at even when you think in your mind that you have forgiven you have moved on it doesn't bother you you're not bothered most of the time you are very bothered the very thing that you try to say you're not bothered by sometimes you are very very bothered by it but we don't want to admit that so let's just go ahead and have that moment where you're sitting in this in your car right now listening to the podcast you could be at work you know you could be trying to get a little mental break from the children I get it I do it all the time Whatever the case may be, you have to admit that you are very bothered or else you wouldn't be talking about it multiple times. Now, if you bring up something and it has relevancy, right, that's different. But when your relevancy is attached to the same people or the same person all the time, you need to check yourself. It doesn't matter what that other person did. You have to check yourself. But we have to stop apologizing for when our situation has evolved to the point where we are in a relationship with someone and by relationship, it could be any type of relationship. So let me just tell you this story. I've never said this to anybody. And I was at this job, this job before, and I was about to give my two weeks notice. And as I begin the process to, you know, to begin my two weeks notice, which is for me, I always have to do things decent order excuse me, to write a letter, you know, my resignation letter, give it to the director, the boss, the president, whomever, supervisor, whoever, and then cut my ties. Well, I had been struggling with knowing that I needed more. I needed to be able to come to work without being in the car, crying half to death because I didn't want to go to work. I needed to be able to not get blamed consistently about every little thing that happens because I've always been an assistant and I'm and when I say assistant, I mean like an executive assistant, glorified admin, whatever title you would like to call, I still got my coin for it. So it don't make no difference. It's never bothered me. However, 
when you're in that type of position, I've said this before in the blog, people will blame you for stuff that they've done that you can't even physically control if you wanted to, you'll get blamed. And so I got tired at this one particular job. I was mad and hot as fire, but I wasn't even just mad because of a situation, right? I could tell you a thousand and one situations that led up to that moment. But here I am writing my resignation letter because I just got to the point where I'm like, listen, I'm crying almost about 95% of the time when it comes to work. I am irritated when I'm here. If I see that person's face or that person's hear that person's name, something about my spirit just begins to twitch. I'm angry. I have nothing but negativity to speak about them. Literally nothing. I'm talking about them to other people. Literally, when you find yourself talking about somebody consistently, this is the reason why I've never liked, let me just say I never liked. I like the idea of group friendships. I don't like the idea of group chatting. And I'm not talking about just when holidays come and you get that group text. I'm literally talking about because we share common ground with people as friends. I don't like the idea of feeling as if, if we're a group of people and we're friends, if I'm not telling the other person my situation, I don't expect it to be told, but I've realized that that's what happens. That's the type of stuff that irks me to the point where when you have outgrown something, you will begin to talk about every little thing about that person to other people. I used to complain about my job all the time. Oh, I can't wait. I can't stand this. I don't want to go back. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell her. I ain't coming back. They can keep this job. I'll get another one. You know, all the stuff that we say. And we all get frustrated at whatever job, whether it be something you truly love. There's frustration moments with that. But I found myself literally ready to go at the height of the situation. I'm ready to give my two weeks notice as I go to give my two weeks notice. Whatever happened in, on the background, the job was no longer. Job was done. So I was mad because now I'm mad because, no, I don't want the job to be done. I want to get my two weeks notice. You know what I felt like after the fact was that it was like the grace, whether you want to say the grace of God, for me it was the grace of God that stopped the situation so that even if I wanted to renege my two-week notice, it was just like, nah, I'm getting you out of this. And so when you feel like you need more, I, I used to struggle being younger. And when I say younger, I'm talking about like in my 20s, my early 20s of like feeling like if I want something more or something deeper, why am I apologizing to the people around me that can't give me what I actually need? What does it look like for me to apologize to the ice cream truck because Taco Bell don't have no tacos? So this is the reason why I have formulated the, the concept of stop apologizing for every little thing. Now, when you are malicious or even if your intent was to be malicious and you have offended somebody, that is an apology. I am sorry because I've offended you, not if I've if I've offended you. I am sorry because because 99 percent of the time we know that we are offensive. We know by our looks that we're offensive. We know that by our demeanor that we're offensive. We are being put off by people. Everybody can't be put off by you and you don't realize that it's you that everybody is sick of. Whether it's how you carry yourself is really, to be honest with you, it's really just how you carry yourself. If you carry yourself to the point where people are under, cannot approach you, that's a heart check. That's a that's an inner check. That's you. You can blame it on this is just who I am and people who don't like it can kiss my behind. I ain't got to change for nobody. I'm a being me. You're going to be a lonely you. Because this is the thing. 
my mom always taught me that everybody ain't telling the same lie. So you got more than five, six people talking the same talk about how your nasty demeanor is what it is. You got a nasty demeanor. The way you carry yourself is off. You might like it, but you're offending multiple people at the same damn time. And come on now. However, when I've been in positions that things no longer serve me, when I'm in position where whatever level of friendship, whatever level of relationship, whatever level of love and like do no longer, no longer meet. Yes. I believe in going to counseling. That is what saved my marriage. My husband was on, on this podcast two weeks ago. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to store love because we talked about that, right? You can be in a relationship with someone. The situation can be tumultuous where as far as there's so much craziness happening, there's a difference between being able to say something that is salvageable or being able to walk away because it cannot be solved. When your inner heart no longer can be filled by the relationship or the status of whom you are with, whether that be on friendship, relationship, job wise, or whatever the case may be, stop making apologies to people who can no longer feed you. Again, the concept of going to the ice cream truck and asking and kind of apologizing to them because Taco Bell don't have no tacos makes no sense to me. Your friendship, your relationship no longer can fulfill you. And so that's why you're always in a flight or fight. Anytime where I have to be like, oh, how long am I going to have to be around them? Then I know it's the relationship is coming to a close end. When somebody asks me to do something and I don't really mean it in my heart. I check myself first. Like, is it something that I'm not gathering about the situation or is there something to, to really look into and see what's happening? Cause I've had plenty of time where I've had to like, okay, I got to reevaluate whatever's happening. And again, I'm gonna tell you straight from the gate. I have in the last, but three, four years have taken a step back and found where I've missed the mark. And I have not focused on what the other person has done. And by me checking me and by me getting me together, it doesn't always fix the situation. It doesn't mean that the situation will be fixed and we're going to go back together and everything's going to be a kumbaya moment because that's not always the case. Sometimes things have run their course. The struggle with accepting the fact that it has run its course is what you're struggling with. So that's why you're apologizing to people that you that, that can't fix it. They it don't whatever's in them, whatever's in you together are meshing that they're not meshing well. I used to feel so bad about saying, I'm sorry, I can't do that anymore. Or speaking up to somebody like if you can't tell your nail, like this is how you know if you're grown. If your nail tech is doing something that you're paying for and you can't say, ah, ah, that ain't it. I don't like that. Redo it. You know, first of all, you ain't really grown like you say you're grown. And two. Stop accepting every little thing just because it becomes used to. Oh, they'll just get it right the next time. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. You pretty much the same rage that I felt every day that I kept showing up to this job, knowing that I should have walked away from it. I actually still think about that sometimes now. Like, you know, I know everything happens in its right season. I know things you really can't really mess up what's yours. But I realize that I can be in a situation longer than I have to be. And so every time that I thought about the times that I sat around complaining, I could have been proactive, right? 
instead of just looking for another job, like, you know, in this entire, in this economy, jobs are hard to come by. I mean, we are in a dire strait as a nation, to be honest with you. But back in the day, you could walk out of a job and walk into another job and get hired right on the spot. But it may not be as easy as it is now, but I'm gonna tell you something. Hmm. And this is from somebody who has taken cuts in one way or the other and has felt like I've bounced back or maybe I didn't bounce back because I didn't want to bounce back. Whatever the case may be, stop apologizing to the ice cream truck for what taco can't taco bell and tacos don't got nothing they just don't have no correlation you got to stop running up to the ice cream truck asking for an apology or apologizing to it because taco bell don't got no tacos how many times have you apologized to somebody you know you should have never been first of all together with or if the situation has run its course and you find yourself apologizing because you wanted something different, because your sales are no longer aligned, because you have grown, because you have matured. If your relationship with your good girlfriend is based upon you kicking up with them and gossiping about everybody and you don't have no substance, but you start to evolve and now you need a friendship that's about substance, what are you apologizing to her for? Like, we have to stop doing that. We have to take moral responsibility for ourselves and understand that, you know what, if nothing else, life is so short. Why am I selling myself short? Why am I allowing any moments on this earth to be even more frustrated? Like there's so much built in frustration right now into the earth on its own. I'm not going to add on to the frustration by apologizing for something that's not for me. No longer fits me. If a friendship or a love relationship or whomever has fizzled, it's because it was meant to fizzle. Is it going to hurt? Absolutely. Let's not act like we so big and bad and oh, well, I don't need her. Because you know what? When you tell some yourself or you keep trying to attempt to tell yourself you don't need, it's not that you need that person. There's something in that person that you need and you're not getting it all. To, you're not being fulfilled. That's why y'all can't clash. That's why you begin to clash, I should say. But you have got to stop this apology because you need something different. You need something more. I find that communicating that need to another person in your own unique way. And that person still not get the hint. And then you sometimes you got to be direct. I know there's a lot of us that like to be passive aggressive. And I say us only because I don't want you to feel bad. But reality is like that's one of my pet peeves is passive aggressive. Like... Do you have to realize how miserable a person has to be that every time you call them, they sound like they're chewing crackers, dry, stale crackers in their mouth because they don't never have nothing that's sweet. They don't have never had nothing that seems like it's uplifting. They don't never have anything to say that sounds like worth anything. They're never edifying. If you get off the phone with somebody and you feel drained every time, check yourself. You are evolving and don't even realize it that you are no longer can be filled and fulfilled by this conversation, by this relationship, by this whatever situationship, whatever it is, it's no longer serving your purpose anymore. And it's okay. You can end a friendship on a high note and say, this is where our stop is. 
let me tell you something about SEPTA here in Philadelphia. They're not going to take you to too many places you ain't got the right amount of money, right? You can't get on there and be like, well, I don't have my money, but you know, I'm good for, I'll give it to you next time. Like that's not how it works. So when you begin to carry somebody in your life that no longer works, that's not supposed to be there. You are giving them a free ride with no gas, no thank you, bad attitudes. And guess what happens? You're mad. When you could have put them out or not even accepted them in the first place, but you're mad. You're holding the pieces. You're upset and you are frustrated. Now, I don't know about nobody else, but that ain't that ain't type of feeling that I want to walk around with. Because that bleeds into other relationships, even the ones that are good. People say, you know, when you have kids that you open up yourself to really figure out who you are. And it's true to a certain extent, because I believe you can get to that point without having children. So if there are anybody that's listening that says, well, I don't have no kids, so I'm never going to reach my potential. Absolutely not what I said. But for every level of relationship that you bring into your life, there are certain lessons that are learned from those moments. And for me, being a mom, I learned that there are triggers and things that I need to fix. And there are levels of relationship that can no longer bring me into the next season. So stop apologizing to people who don't have anything to offer you. They're not fulfilling you. That's why you feel the way that you feel. And yes, there are many a times when basically everybody else is good, but it's just you being off and raggedy and nasty and rude. Yes, I've been that person. I've dealt with that. I've walked in that. I can only talk about me. But we have got to stop apologizing for situations that no longer are right for us. So... I've had moments when I probably was my most frustrated in life when I was carrying people that I shouldn't have been carrying. It's like if you have certain classes on a certain day, but you take all your books with you, your back is going to be hurting. You're going to be frustrated. Y'all carrying some people. I'm, I've been carrying people sometimes in different points of my life that needed to be set down, that needed to take a break, that no longer I couldn't help them. I couldn't carry them. I couldn't do for them. And I'm learning that more and every day. But the reality of it is, is that you become the most frustrated. You're the one holding the bag. You're upset. You're upset because you know you're not supposed to carry them. And the reality of it is, is like I said, your growth, your maturity, the way that you move, how you move, it will definitely evolve you or keep you stagnant. And as you evolve, I'm telling you, your circles don't remain the same. That's not to say that you won't have people from your circle. Like I have friends, you know, that are from childhood. The one friend in particular, I have one friend who's from childhood. I got friends from college. I got the friends that I have now. Cause you know, this whole new concept of new, no new friends really is just because we say no new friends, but the reality of it is, is that you have to be open to having and meeting new people and allowing other new people to come into your life. If you're having an issue with new friends, you don't let people come in who are new and this just have let them have the same status or have them just walk in and just take over like the ones that you've been day ones with. But you can't just hold yourself and I say you can't have nobody that's in your life that's new because your old friends may not. And let me just not say my old friends cannot because my friends can. 
but sometimes you have to evolve and sometimes things change. I've had to lose friendships from stuff that I said and done, things that they said and done, some friendships that are hanging on by the thread, some friendships that are going wherever they're going, some relationships that I've had in the past that obviously because I'm married, no longer could carry the weight. And there was times where I felt like I was carrying everything because I wanted it to work so bad. Like, especially when I hit, I've been with my husband, we've been married for eight years. We've been together prior to that. Now we've known each other for over 20. But I would say like in the late 20s, when I was still dating, you know, around trying to keep my options open, you know, but telling him I was fine, I wasn't dating nobody. So I'll just say that openly on podcasts, because you know, women don't like to tell they, they don't like to hold they tell everything that they're doing. But there were relationships, people that I've dated prior to my husband and I getting back together was that it just no longer served their purpose. And so the frustration of trying to hold this relationship together, the person never wanted to be held, but I was going to hold them together and doing the most like you can't really make somebody be around you and love you the way you're supposed to love them. And so that's why I had a lot of frustration in those relationships, trying to make them work when they were not supposed to be. Not everything is for me. Of course, I learned that the hard way because I'm that kid that has to touch the stove before I can just say, okay, that you right, you right. But I'm trying to help somebody else to not have to take it that level. Because one thing we have to understand, the coronavirus, the pandemic is pushing our friendships to the level. But for those who we have to understand, too, everybody has something on their plate. Everybody's going through stuff. There's been people who had coronavirus, didn't say nothing, didn't even tell nobody they did have it. There are people who are struggling financially. There are people who are really trying to put their lives together. Restaurants and stores and things that may not survive. So much craziness is going on right now. So there, sometimes you got to ask yourself, were you having issues prior to that? Because, you know, we try to put everything on the pandemic. Well, I'm finding out who is there for me. You know, some people are may truly be struggling. Now, don't get it twisted. It may be showing you who people are because you already had an inkling in your mind that they weren't supposed to be there. And so the pandemic is only re-highlighting for you. If you couldn't get the message the first time, when I tried to send a message through your other one friend and tried to tell you to look out, when I sent that that meme that you just happened to see, but you knew it was for you, but you ignored, when I sent all kinds of messages and you ignored it, so now the pandemic is here, you can't ignore it. It's just highlighting some things that's already inside that we're already dealing with. Some of it, some of it, not all of it, some of it. So as you mature, as you grow, as you change, your circle is going to grow, it's going to evolve, and it's going to change. You got to start listening and hearing people for when they don't do and when they do. I was talking to one of my friends, um, I'm not going to say their name, because I'm not sure how comfortable they would feel with that. And it really is not even anybody's business because I have several friends. And this is not isolating one friend over another. But I was having a conversation with the one. And we were just talking about how, you know, prior to the pandemic and everything that happened, the reality of it is, is like people don't show up for you the way that you want them to show up. And you have to understand, is that going to be enough to make or break? Because you can walk away from something that you shouldn't really be walking away from. You're just mad because they didn't do for you what you thought they should have done. Then there's times when it's like, nah, you already having these signs. They were already there. This is the, the, the bottom. This is the last ditch effort. 
But as you grow, as you mature, as you want more, your relationships are going to evolve. Then stop apologizing for it. Accept it. Walk in it. Live in it. But don't be nasty to people. You know, everybody don't deserve that. That's like a lot of energy to be nasty to people. Like, it's easy to do, but it takes more energy. Easy to do. You don't have to do nothing to be mean to people. Super easy. But it takes more energy than you can even imagine. So, it is Halloween weekend. We are days away from the election. My family and I have already taken our mail-in ballot and dropped it off at the secure mail-in ballot drop-off spots regardless of what state or city if you are in if you have a mail-in ballot please do yourself a justice and try to drop it off at a secure spot don't try to send it to the mail we know how snail mail works all of a sudden there's been trucks and stuff missing and votes not being accounted for take them and do your very best to ensure that you have completed and done everything you can to make your voice count don't think for two seconds that the election is going to come and everything's going to be okay. There's going to be a lot of contestants. I mean, either side is going to contest the situation should one side obviously is going to win over the other. Be careful, watch yourself, watch your mind, guard yourself. Cause the next time we meet, we should either be a little further down the line, but we may not even know for quite some time. But what I will say is do your part, do your part. Stop registering to vote and not doing your part because the candidate of, of the of that's out doesn't always align with everything that you believe in. Try to see who, who aligns the most. Like, you know, when you give a kid, you be like, hey, do you want this piece of candy or that piece of candy? And they give you that third choice. Who gave you that third choice? Did nobody tell you you was getting that third choice? Which one do you like the most? Like I may wake up on a Friday and my family favorite candy bar might be a Snickers, but it may not be that on Tuesday. But if we ain't got to Wednesday, why are you ask? give me the Wednesday selection? Ain't nobody asked you for that. Do the best you can with who aligns with you the most. Do not feel pressured to vote one way or the other. I say I need you to get out here and exercise your right to vote. Everyone needs to do so. I know we're going to have a great weekend. It's Halloween weekend. Mischief night tonight. And so people are going, of course, be doing the most. Please exercise your vote, your voice and vote as as early as you possibly can. Like I said, we've already done ours. My husband and I, we did our part. We did our part. We took the entire family, which we have been taking our children with us every single time that we possibly can. We want them to be involved in the political process. We want them to make sure that they understand that this is serious and that we want them to take it serious. We've answered their question. We've even given them polls to see who they feel like should be the winner. We've done all of those things to get them involved in the political process. Not because I want them to be freedom fighters and go out here. and If they do, that's beautiful. But I just want them to know that the things that surrounding them matters and they need to take consideration and research and ask themselves what means the most to them. But since I am from Philly, I should say I live in Philly now. It would be a miss for me not to talk about the late Walter Wallace Jr. He was a black man here in Philadelphia who was 
uh, allegedly having some type of mental breakdown. Um, his family contacted the ambulance to try to get him help. Police show up. He has a knife, supposedly, allegedly. And instead of them shooting to dismiss, to disarm him, you know, they shot him about 14 shots. The city has been an uproar between riots and everything that's been going on. So many people are in the comment sections in real life talking about, you know, we shouldn't be rioting. We shouldn't be marching. We shouldn't be doing any of these things. I don't know the appropriate answer. I feel like we have been marching for years, for generations. I feel like certain things are being changed, but we need more change. We need more people on the ground. We need more people out there. At the end of the day, this young man is not here. His wife, he just got married very recently. His wife is due any day now. He was shot in front of his mother. His sons are bearing the pain. His sons and his, I believe he has more, I think he has sons and daughters. But we just have to try to do our best to get through these hard times because Philadelphia has been lit. And I mean that almost figuratively. And so there's just so much that has to be said. So many changes that need to be made. And ways that we have to support each other. It's very disheartening when you post any kind of article. Article. People really believe that whatever article you believe in, you 1000% believe that. Sometimes I just post it because I, it was interesting. But the comments are past ridiculous. I talked to some friends and I'm like, how we ain't going to be friends much longer with these comments you don't already made because, and you know what? I know this is like the cult, the cancer called the cancer, the, the cancel culture. We will quote unquote cancel somebody in a hot minute, take their cards, take everything from them. But some of these comments in these comment sections really make you reevaluate yourself as a human, as a person. But I do my very best to protect myself, to protect my children above all, making sure that I answer every question as child appropriate as I can. And just be there to listen, to see what they're thinking. So all I can say is that my heart goes out to the entire family. I don't know what the answer is going to be. I just know that there definitely needs to be reform. Allegedly, they don't even have tasers and haven't had them. So we really got to find a way to do better. To do better, to be better, better, and how we talk to each other, how we treat other people, because this is going to get worse before it gets better. I believe that. So get out here and vote. Get out here and vote safely. Practice your social distancing. If you are going out this weekend for Halloween, do the best you can to keep yourself safe. Trust me, we don't need to lose no more lives. Europe is already, parts of Europe is already shut down again. Newark and New Jersey is already shut down. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to go down another shutdown. Who even begins to know? All I know is that every day that I wake up, I just try to do what I can to take care of myself emotionally, mentally, and physically, to check in with my children and everything in between. So remember to stop apologizing for your growth, for your changes. 
some people you can apologize and they may just understand it. Some, like I said, sometimes you can just walk away and let nature take its course. But whatever the case may be, show up for yourself every single day. Take care of yourself every single day. We will be back next week, of course, with another episode. I want us to be mindful of the way that we are feeling and the energies that we're taking in because this world has already has so much negativity. You really don't need to be sitting up with nobody taking any more, le- any more in. Get as active as you can. Not just because of turkeys or for me, fake turkey for, I don't know, what do you, what do you call it? I don't even remember what you call fake turkey because I'm vegan. But take care of you, your mental health. I hope that you have a good weekend. Remember, you can go and follow me on all social media as Toy Time Blog, except Facebook. I am known as Toy Time Ladies. I do believe you if you put in Toy Time Blog, you will still find me. So um, follow me on all social medias. Remember, the blog itself is at www.toytime.org. I will be posting my Halloween costumes later today. Um, I said I have costumes because I do have more than one because I'm extra. So one will be posted on today. One will be posted tomorrow, Saturday, as we celebrate the Boo of the Zoo. And I look forward to seeing you next week as we get more in depth, as we get more into the season, as we get over our candy high. I just took my kids to the dentist. Let us pray that they don't get any type of cavities after whatever Halloween candy that they're going to have that's from my house. Have a good time. Continue to be safe. Protect everyone that you can. Look out for each other because that's what I try to do. If my see something astray with my neighbor or whomever, speak up because you never know. You just never do. And so I will see you next week. Happy Merry. Uh, can you say Happy Merry Halloween? I guess you can't say Happy Merry Halloween. I guess I'm truly trying to focus on getting to Christmas. Christmas is like my favorite holiday. So I just smushed all that together. I probably have spent more uh, money energy and getting my Christmas together then I probably have done anything else but that's neither here nor there it's almost time for Christmas it's coming I can feel it happy Friday get yourself a good glass of wine get yourself some rest find something that really feels good for your soul that's legal and <laughs> take care of you set your clocks back Get you that extra hour. If you are a non-parent and you can sleep in, please get when you when you feel like you're about to turn that, you know, you turn over and you switch yourself from one side to the other side of the pillow. Just say my name because I'm going to be living through y'all. My kids are, you know, we'll see how they do, but they're going to be up ready for their big breakfast. But I love those kids and I would make sure they have it. And I want you to do whatever is great for you. Talk to you next week. Thank you as always for joining me and I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.